close call with death. Have you had one? I have. I've had a lot of them, but who's counting? In this session, we'll talk about the events of those of us that have come dangerously close to death and had the great luck or destiny to elude death and carry on. Enjoy the show. Today on A Close Call with Death, I have a visitor to share some time with us by the name of Ulrich Humes. And Ulrich came to me from a person who lives here in the local Utah area that um, is a neighbor and heard his story in a circle of friends while he was visiting and thought he would be a great candidate for the show to uh, talk to us all about his life and how it has pivoted and gone from challenging to better. Um, Ulrich is a uh, young man that came from Belize and he's staying for about a week and we're able to get a hold of him before he leaves this weekend to go back to Belize. He's got an amazing story and he uh, is one of eight kids in his family and we'll hear about that from him here in just a moment and uh, hear about his family dynamics. Uh, he grew up in a foster home with uh, 50 to 100 kids. He skipped most of school when he was young. He had a troubled youth and um, he turned life around. When he went to junior college in Belize, he got accepted into Michigan College and that's where he's playing basketball right now. He's had a few uh, close calls with death, and all of his brothers are having a hard time. Matter of fact, one brother is in a gang. Um, he's the only college student of his siblings, so he's very driven. And he actually, and there's a story that we'll talk about where he used a large fridge as a boat um, in a, to fish in a lake. So lots of cool stories. We'll get into that in just a, a second. Um, Ulrich, thank you for being on the show. So... Talk to me a little bit about, you know, so that people that aren't just right here in the room with us, this is, this is an audio recording. And so people can't see you talk to me a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from, what your family dynamics are, uh, just a little bit of background on you. So that people listening will know who it is that I'm talking to. Can you share with that, uh, information with me? Yeah. <clears throat> so my name is Ulrich Humes. I'm from a family of eight. Uh, I grew up in Billy City, which is like uh, the most dangerous city in the whole country where there's like a lot of crimes. So uh, I'm from the south side of Billy City, and that's, that's like the well-known era where all those things happen. And I kind of live like in the, I grew up like in the middle of this particular gang area uh, with me and my siblings. So you have um, eight siblings, or eight total of yeah, you together. Yeah. You have seven siblings. There's eight of you total. Yeah. And talk about mom, dad. Uh, well, single parent. So uh, I never knew my dad. Still don't. Uh, okay, you've never met him. Nah. Okay. I don't really think I want to. But <laughs> but but you had a great mom. Yeah, I had a, I had a great mom. She tried. Um, well, there's, there's too much, there's too many of us, right? So you can only do so much, so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's a big family of eight boys, all boys or no, any girls, three girls and four boys. Okay. Yeah. Where are you age wise? How, how old are you now? Um, 22, 22. And, and so where are you in the eight of you? Um, the third oldest. Okay. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, um, I, j I lived with my mom for a few years, and then I went to live with my grandparents. Where did they live? Uh, in the same era. It was like a family area where everybody lived together. Okay. Kind of like. So, in living in Belize, yeah. you live in the southern part of it, and that's where a very, it's a very dangerous area, right? When you say that, what, what do you mean by dangerous? What happened? Why would you say it's dangerous there? Uh, just a lot of crimes. Uh, gang related stuff, um, uh, um, drugs and those kind of things. So it's 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 easy to to um, be a part of it. Do you, has it always been that way growing up? Uh, was there a time where it's more peaceful when you were littler and it got bad, or has it always been bad? Uh, well, when I was younger, it wasn't as bad compared. To Compared to now, I think it's worse. Yeah. Is it getting worse uh, by the year? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Why do you think that's happening? Um, I don't know. I, I guess just uh, just less um, employment for uh, the people that live in the areas. They don't get enough attention from the government, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so... Um, I oh, guess so theft... And things like that, stealing is higher yeah. because without jobs and they they need money, yeah. money, and so they're, they're they'll do anything yeah, yeah. that they can to. Yeah. How did that violence affect your family? Whatever happened, you know, with with your family? Um, well, I can't say much about it, but it wasn't um, it wasn't anything positive actually. Yeah. Um, I never engaged in school much. I, me and my cousins, we would uh, pretend to go to school and we would actually take extra clothes in our backpacks. <laughs> and go a different direction. And, yeah, we would go like uh, on the sea and fish and just... Hang out. Yeah, hang out and cause trouble. So um, I, I heard you have just your brothers are kind of troublemakers. Yeah. Describe that. Well... We grew up together most, mostly in the orphanage, and then he got of age where he had to leave, and so he went back to the city um, to live, I guess. And then um, he just got engaged with hanging out with um, guys from that side that, that were um, old enough in the game, so... Um, one like uh, our era is like separated into like two different gangs, but uh, years ago they were like family, mm -hmm. but now they're like beefing with one another for some reason I don't know. So he was kind of like hanging around with one side and hanging around with this side, cause he said he's not a part of anything, right? And so they told him if he hangs around with these ones with the other ones, then he can't come over this side or whatever. So I guess he felt like he had no choice to make, so he stick with one side. What happens between the two gangs? I mean, does it get really violent? Are you talking about, yeah. you know, fights? Or are you talking about shootings, deaths. stabbings, things like that? Yeah, we, we, we've had a few, we've had few deaths. You have, with, you've had people yeah, with, die. But guys my age, younger, 
they were killed. Yeah, uh, just for I don't know. for being a part of the the gang. Yeah, just hanging around with um, the different side. Do they have like drive by or walk by shootings, you know, or things like that, or do they just? It's walk walk by um, or car drive by. Yeah, but since since the area is like just separated by one lane, it's walking distance. To, oh, yeah. So I bet it's. Do you just hear violence throughout the night, and it's just scary situation? You don't feel safe when you're in your neighborhoods there. Um, at the time when I used to live there, um, not really. Sometimes I because I don't live there anymore, right? So yeah, I used to. I I sometimes try to go visit my mom, but. Um, I just it's it's not um, really safe. I don't I, I sometimes don't feel safe because of uh, what my brother did. So it's like um, there's a saying where we say if we can't catch this one, you catch the other one. Yeah. So it's like your yeah, family really. So you so, could have been at risk if they couldn't get your brother. They could come after you. Yeah. If they I guess if they had suspected anything from me. Yeah. Yeah. If I was hanging over the other side. But I just go visit my mom and then for like 15 minutes, half hour. Mm -hmm. And then I go about my business. Oh, that's just puts a knot in your stomach. And I bet it just makes you nervous. And now when you say, you know, you can't really talk about too much of it. Is that for security reasons? Is that just so that people that might hear your story yeah. would be mad at you and come after you or something or what? Um, I don't really know, but I just... Um, not I'm not too comfortable just because I don't want um, people to feel like I'm trying to say things against them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I try to. So you have to play it safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's talk about more of your life. Uh, growing up, you said you spent time in the orphanage. Now your yeah. mother, single mom, have eight total kids, boys and girls, yeah. and she wasn't able to like take care of everybody so you had to, did all of you go to an orphanage or um, just some of you three of us three of you um, um three of the oldest um my my eldest brother me and my younger sister so what what age were you when you went to the orphanage uh like six i've been six to like, i've been to like three different orphanage uh, did you have your siblings there with you the whole uh, time, or did you guys just, get split up? Uh, just my brother, my sister. She went. She went in the orphanage like um, after after us. Yeah. So it was me and my brother at first, and then we um, they moved us as we got older. When I was like eleven, they moved us to a boys' home, and it was it was mainly for the older ones. And so I asked if I could move with my brother because I never wanted to stay by myself. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you so, yeah, they, they moved us um, to a boys' home, um, few hours away from the city, to try and um, help us to better off ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, I just interesting. You know, go ahead. Yeah, okay. and so we only we only stayed there for like a year, and then we got into some problems, and so they had to find another place for us. And that's where we ended up at the King Surgeon's Home in 2012. So in 2012, you wound up in a gang home? No, no, it's a, it's a Christian home. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, talk about that. Um, well, we, the seven of us, because there were, there were seven of us. Yeah. And so they, they moved us to this private religious home. Um, 
the seven of us. And so they kind of put us in a house. And then the manager, she stayed there with us and um, take us to church. And um, we would do daily devotions and stuff like that. And so um, we, 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 I, I, I would say we still had our bad habits of doing mischievous things. And <laughs> what, what sort of mischievous things could you possibly do? Like stealing. We, we would just steal from ourselves. If, if thinking about it now, it makes no sense. Like, <laughs> like they would, like the lady, uh, Miss Leone, that's her name. She would um, buy groceries for us. And then you would steal. And we would steal the groceries. And they were for you. Yeah. Like, did you think, oh, my gosh, we are dumb kids. Exactly. Like, in the middle of the night, because I was the smallest one, and they had to, like, seal the doors so we couldn't take anything. But the other guys, they managed to find a way to, like, open the um, the cabin, the cabinets. And so I would, I would, since I was the smallest one, I had really small hands, I would push my hand in the cupboard and get whatever they were looking for. And, like, 12 o'clock in the morning, we would be making food and just <laughs> what was your favorite thing you stole um <laughs> uh uh i don't know we, we just stole like um hot dogs and <laughs> and just food we, we would just take the food because um i don't know i i, I don't even know what yeah we, what we yeah did, like, just what, crazy yeah, things just yeah. for sure and we would steal like milk <laughs> And flour and just cook. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, they, do you think that they knew you w did that anyway? And even though yes. you thought you were being sneaky, and you still, they, they probably knew they, you were doing they, that. Yeah, they knew it was me that um, <laughs> was pushing my hands in because I'm the I'm the youngest. Yeah, out yeah. Of the seven and I had small hands, so not anybody can shove their hands in it. <laughs> just you. Yeah, just me. Yeah, yeah. You're a sneaky little guy. <laughs> That's funny. Um, talk to me about. Uh, when life was the worst, you know, we, we talked to me about when you really felt like life was the darkest and hardest uh, growing up. Well, I would say continuing from Kings, because um, I spent like from 12 to 18. Um, it's like seven years, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we would, I don't know, we, we couldn't. Um, they were Seventh-day Adventist um, um, home, and mm -hmm. so uh, we were engaged in sports. We, well, we wanted to, but we couldn't as much due to the religion. So we had to, like, um, if we had playoff games and it's on the week at Saturdays, we would have to sit sit up and just um, go to church and this kind of thing. And um, we live, like, on the, the home was, like, on the highway, so it, it was, like, in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to go anywhere. Um, uh, we just, I don't know, we, we we would just see the same person every day, basically. And some days you just, like, sit outside on the porch because it, it was kind of sealed so nobody could escape. Oh. Yeah, so. And that went on for years for you, like six years from yeah. when you were 12 to 18. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time to just be hanging out in a remote place with nowhere to go, no way to 
exercise and do sports like you guys loved. Oh, we we had basketball courts and smart. We had uh, in Atlanta play sports and and kind of have fun. But um, as kids or as young as teenagers, you wanna go outside and experience. Yeah, you wanna meet and meet friends and meet different people and for sure. Yeah, so we never really got to do that as much unless we are in school. Mm-hmm. Then we get to um, meet people. So, um, yeah, but during those times, I would always just think about what the future is like or what if, if there is a next step to this or um, if I have any plan, if there's a, even a plan for myself. So um, some days I just feel like I just felt to give up and go back to Billy City where, you know, everything started. Because you, you reach a point where you just uh, don't care. Yeah. And you just want to do your own thing and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, really high risk. Yeah. You, you would just take the high risk just to change your environment, just yeah. to have things better in your life. And you took matters, you wanted to take matters into yeah. your own hands, right? Yeah. Um. Did you, did you ever, do you guys ever run away and, and just like get the heck out of there and try and go away? Uh, not, not at that home. No, not, not at that. The, the first home that we used to live in, we would always used to escape. We would make <laughs> holes in the fences. And, um, but we would make the holes where it's like bushy, it's covered. So the staff, they wouldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So in like, in the evenings or in the late nights, we would escape. During Halloween time, we would um, escape through those holes. Um, we would uh, make ways through the windows in the dorms and try to just try to escape through them. We would like make ropes out of sheets <laughs> and we would climb our way down. Oh my gosh, you're a little escape artist. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we would do all that, and then we would just go about our business and try to sneak back in before morning. And, and do you ever get caught? Yeah, we, we did, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What happened? Were you disciplined? Uh, you know, were they mad at you? They were mad. We got punished. We used to, do a, we used to get a lot of punishments. Um, they would put us to do push-ups, um, like your feet against the wall, like, slant way and it was theater for like minutes or um we would have like a uh i would say a a military workout where you have to start with doing this then you move on to that and then the guy behind you has to do the same thing and continue and continue and then um we had to like squat for like five minutes or something so the guy that's in front of you if he's not doing what he's supposed to do. Um, the person that's behind, he's going to be the one taking out the lick. Oh. Uh, yeah, you're, you're just going to have to do what you're doing until he finishes or what he has to do to continue. So, so did you actually get, like, beaten or spanked or we did. hit or anything like that? For Yeah, we did, we did. At <laughs> both homes, um, not the boys' home, but the first one, yes, and then the the other orphanage, uh we would we would get yeah you know, beaten and some stuff that I would mention, but oh um yeah so it it seemed like we were in hell really sometimes yeah, yeah. just due to the um 
punishment sometimes that we would get. We had like a timeout room which you shouldn't have in an orphanage, you know. So we would go in there. Some some people would go in there for days. Oh my gosh. And would you um, be able to get food and water while you were in there? Yeah, we get we get food, we get water, but and we, we would just come out to like shower and then go right back, go back in. in that's if we're in there for some that's days. terrible. I bet mentally so, it just broke you down. Yeah. How did you get out of that situation? Where did you go to get out of there? Um, well, when you reach 18, you've got to leave the home, right? Um, so we. So it's for juveniles. It's more of a juvenile um, orphanage. Once you're 18, you're considered an adult and you have to yeah, leave? So you have to leave the home, yeah. And where are you supposed to go at that point? Uh, we had, like, social workers. They were, they were supposed to... That, are supposed to help supposed to yeah, but did so. they um for some some people they did but for me and because they were like trip me and two other friends um we had to leave the home and so we kind of left like unprepared and um yeah we just had our clothes because i was at a basketball game a few hours away and my friend texted me and said that I have to come home because we have to leave today. And so I had to hurry up and go home, um, leave, pack my things, and then we went. We had to go out. And then um, I was, we were saying to the, because there is a guy that we used to work with, a nice guy, and they had a extra cabin in the yard in their, on their land. And so he asked the landowner if we could stay there for a while. And so we um, we were able to go there, but um, we had no food, um, no water, um, so we kind of punished for some days <clears throat> until we could um, try to take care of ourselves. So normally they're supposed to like at least give you some groceries or something to start with, and then you move on from there. Mm-hmm. But um, we had none of that. And so it was just me and my friends. Um, we, we, three of us, we were in this two bedroom, so we kind of had to share rooms. And um, I, thankfully I had a sponsor from Canada and she kind of sent me money to take care of myself while I was out there and uh, for me to go to school, she paid for my school. And so I kind of had a little way to stay on track. How did you get that sponsor? Um, I met her in the at the orphanage where they go do mission work. And so uh, she was with a friend that was adopting my friend, one of my friends. Mm-hmm. So he went to Canada. And, uh, I was just working with them like I usually do with missionaries. And so she messaged me on Facebook and said, um, what plans do I have? for the after the home or if I want to do school or how can you become a sponsor for somebody so I just told her to talk to her friend Miss Kristen and so like uh, I guess they spoke with each other and then she messaged me and said that she would be willing to sponsor me for school and and whatever I need mm-hmm. and so after we left then I told her about the situation and so she took care of me for like a year, year and a half. And so I was able to finish school. I got a scholarship for basketball. And 
So you got a scholarship from for basketball to go play basketball, and where at, was that? At the junior college back home. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of took care of my finances. Yeah, and yeah. your education, you could get your education while you're playing basketball and yeah. get a scholarship. Yeah. That is great. And are you the only one, I heard you're the only one that really went on to school like that out of your all your siblings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, out of all of my siblings, I'm the only one that made it through high school, really. None of them finished high school or have been in. So um, to, to come to achieve something like that and um, make progress as it goes, you look at it like something big, right? Yeah. So it kind of motivates me to want to do more. And so I can, not only to my family, but to everybody that might seem to go through the same struggle, that um, I don't know, you can do anything you want. That you set your mind to. Yeah. What do you think that is with you, Ulrich, um, with regard to being just driven and motivated? Have you always been that way? Or did you suffer so much through life as a youth that you just had to have things better going forward? And if anybody was going to do it, it was you, that you needed to take life into your own hands. Uh, and, and is it just your ambition? Are you a lot more ambitious than than your other siblings, um, you know, for a better future? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say that. Um, I'm usually the one that um, I'm out of my siblings, the problem solver, uh, my brother. Uh, wait. <laughs> um, he has like two kids. Yeah. And so um, I try to take care of him. Yeah. Help my siblings. They're your, uh, they're your nieces and nephews. Yeah. Yeah. And he, so it looks like I can tell you love them. Yes. So, um, I don't know. Um, every time my sponsor would send me money, I would try to give him like half of it. <laughs> or I would, um, uh, buy groceries and send it. But, um, it just, I don't know, just due to all that, um, we've been through. I kind of want to change. And so, um, just thinking about my family every day, uh, it helped me to um, try to motivate myself. Sure. Yeah. And so I kind of use basketball as my advantage. And yeah, he has taught me a lot of lessons on how to be good to people. And yeah, most of my progress through life has been through with basketball and faith. So I just pray every day um, so that I can do something. And that comes through that, that prayer that just comes from, um, you know, your involvement with, uh, God and, and hoping that he's going to help you and oversee your life and help you have better opportunities. Right. Yes. 
So, I mean, you have a really good heart. You're, you're really a kind person. I can, I can tell. I can see it in you. And um, you want to help others, especially family members, have a better life. And so is that a goal for you? Is that something you really want to do in life is not only turn your own life around and be as successful as you can, but also to, to help those that you love uh, where, wherever you can? Yep. Yeah, but that's what I try to do. Um, sometimes um, my siblings, they won't see it because I guess they're uh, kind of stuck in their ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of do my my um i kind of do my things differently and so i had to put my brother on a pause with giving him money and stuff yeah yeah because I, I told him that i have to try and do something for myself first so, for sure yeah, and, and then when i'm at where, where i when i get where i need to be then i don't mind helping but you don't want to enable them do you you don't want to um hurt them by doing too much for them uh, yeah. that they should be doing for themselves, for themselves right yeah. yeah yeah so you're just trying to be a really good example to them so that they can hopefully pick up on what you've done to be uh, have a happier life and they can follow in your footsteps and turn their lives around yeah. right yes yeah. I, th- I think that's awesome what you're doing and and what you're trying to do for others um having gone through the hard times you have has that made you truly feel like uh hey i i, I want to give back i, I, I want to help others around me um as part of your mission in life is that is that kind of like your life ambition as you grow older and do these things you're trying to do or are you just trying to really help others along the way um well i want to help people but uh for now i'm just trying to help yourself focusing on myself yeah because i have things that i want to do and i can see that i can see things that i've pictured years ago i can i can see them happening now but it's all a slow progress but yeah i can feel i'll get what i deserve and so um now i have the chance to go to college in Michigan and play basketball for the school and try to do my master's degree. Um, And then what do you want to do with your college education? uh, I want to work somewhere where I can make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. Or I want to to play basketball in Europe, Mm -hmm. overseas, because I like to travel. Do you have any so, basketball heroes? Anybody in basketball that you look up to? Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Absolutely. Good person to look up to. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Best ball player we've had in the, in, in the world. In the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good mentor. You know, good idol to have. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good man. So maybe you can be another Kobe Bryant yourself. Yeah, <laughs> just set your goals high. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but, yeah, I just use him as an example. He has a lot of powerful quotes that he usually, um, that are on the media. Yes. So I would screenshot <clears throat> them and just save them, or I would repost them, and then my friends, they would see it, and they would be like, send me this, send me this. Because they like the quote, right? Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah, for um, sure. I just yeah, that's that's my my role model, but I still kind of want to do my own thing besides um, knowing um, what COVID did in his time to get where he where he was. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, on this podcast, um, it's it's talking to individuals that have nearly died in this life and they have an opportunity to live and continue to live and not die. And you're here in front of me, you're alive and well, but you've had some really hard times and going through those hard times, you can either fail in life and just go downhill, or you can use what hardships you have to be a better person and have a better future. What would you say is the biggest influence on your life that's made you the person you are and the person you want to be in the future? Um, it's kind of a tough question. Do you mean like the facing death scenario? Yeah. Well, I have like two, but one was, uh, I was just a kid and me and my friends, we would, after school, we would like go on the, the main road where all the cars used to. Yeah. Just up and down. And so we would try to race across the street. Before the car hit you. Before the car hit us. That's, that's really good. <laughs> I'm glad you were a fast runner. <laughs> so um, my friends would go first because they were more brave than me. And so... Uh, they went, and so it was like, I was like in the middle. And so um, we used to do it a lot, but then we would always escape from it. Yeah. And then this one time I tried it, and I just saw this car coming full speed. And so I, I spin around and faced it, and I just, I was so shocked. Like, <laughs> uh, I didn't know what to do, and so I stopped, like, right in front of the car but the person that was driving the car, driving the car they smashed the brakes <laughs> hard and so that put me at ease and the person just came out and was um just saying a whole bunch of things about <laughs> us being kids and so after that we just <laughs> I just laughed, me and my friend, we were just laughing on our way back home, but then kind of like second guess yeah, yeah, what happened. Um, I had a replay flashback <laughs> and I was like, I never want to do this again because <laughs> next time I might be dead. Probably. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, from that day, um, I always make sure to look left and right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Car against human, car always wins. Yeah. So. so I always make sure I look left and right before I try to cross the road. Sometimes I would still feel like I'm still in... Invincible. So I would try to practice it. But um, I guess it's kind of cultural. People try to race, beat the cars to the other side. Yeah. Just race death. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but... From then on, I just become more cautious about um, uh, things that we cannot uh, beat. Yes. Yeah, so um, that was one. 
And then the other one was last year on my mom's birthday. Um, I was home because I live with foster parents. So mm -hmm. I, I told them that um, I was going to go visit my mom for her birthday and take her out to dinner. And so uh, I took the bus to Belize City and then I got off at the junction um, of the area where we lived. So I crossed the road and I was walking towards um, the neighbor, the neighborhood. And so um, I saw my brother's father and he, he has been in the gang for um, ages. So um, he came to talk to me and just say what's up, how things and whatever. So we were just walking and uh, he was on his bike so he was ahead of me. And so this uh, white tinted car just pulled over on the side of the road with some rivalry, with some rivals, I guess, from different gangs. Yeah, yeah. And so um, they saw me talking to him, right? And then um, the guys, they came out and started saying a whole bunch of things. And um, so I spin around and I got scared because <laughs> I was like, they're talking to you. I know that for sure. And he got off his bike and he was firing words back at them. And so I was like in the middle and then I spin around and I was like, I hope these guys don't see me talking to him because I don't want them to try and, um, uh, what's the word? Um, like think that I'm a part of yeah, associated yeah. you with them. Yeah, I'm associated <laughs> with them. So um, the guys, um, like four of them, they got out their cars. And I guess they were looking for their gun. But um, it wasn't on them, I guess. I would say the gun wasn't on them. Or else um, they would have fired shots. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like in the middle of the argument. Oh. So we were like uh, maybe 200 feet away from the guys. So um, I just like spin around quick and then I started to walk fast and it took a while before the guys left. And then, um, so uh, I, I was like shocked the whole afternoon. I, I saw my mom and then I, um, I went to, cause they have like police um, patrols on the different areas to try and like um, ease the, the crime. Yeah. And so um, I saw one of my friends, He's, he was in the force. So I told him what happened. And then um, I stayed by his side. <laughs> and then <laughs> I called my mom and I said, where are you? Um, I'm um, out by the roadside with my friend because of so-and-so and so. And they said they were by the same um, street where the incident happened. And so they said to walk over there. <laughs> And then I had no choice, but I had to walk back over there. But the guys weren't there, right? So I went in the car and I told him the story for like hours and hours. I was just, it was just processing in my head the whole scenario. And then I was telling my mom, like, imagine if those guys had their guns, what would happen? And oh, it would have been a big gun shootout. Yeah. And the guy on his bike, he had, he had no gun, so. He, uh, they would have killed him and he uh, wouldn't they, have they, any defense. 
Yeah, they would have killed him on the spot because that's that's how they do it. If they see you wandering out of your neighborhood, yeah, it's like a chance to to get you yeah, there. To get yeah. Oh, that is just so scary to live like that and go through those experiences. I bet you're so glad to be away from there. Far away, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, far away. So, but do you worry about your mom and your family members that are down there in that area still? Do you worry about them? Um, to be honest, my mom, yes, but my siblings, they know how to take care of themselves. Kinda. Yeah. They, I mean, my brother, he's like, one is like 16, 17, the other is like 15 or 16. Yeah. And, then I have my uh, youngest brother, he's like 11. So I, I kind of more care for my, the youngest one. Mm-hmm. Because um, he's, he lives in the, in the neighborhood as well. And they like, um, some of my cousins, they would like, um, uh, because he sometimes sleeps um, in my aunt's house or somebody else's house. And so they would like, um, do stupidness to him, like um, put the shave cream on his <laughs> face <Yeah. laughs> or on his hands, and then they would like play with his face so he can wipe, <laughs> wipe it in his face. And so I would uh, message my cousin, or um, I would tell my mom or my sister or one of or somebody around the neighborhood. I would be like, um, "How comes you're not? How comes you don't want to?" help this my little brother right or tell my sister to try and take him to live with her or something because there's i don't know he he just he punish a lot and i i can tell um so uh he always wants to come and visit me where i live but i try I, i've had them over where i live a few times but not a huge crowd because i don't i don't really want to let them know where I live. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then it's going to attract more and more people. Yep. So I kind of um, try to stay private. <laughs> I kind of try to stay private, but if I want to meet them, then I'll go out and meet them, and we'll go somewhere to hang out. That's awesome. Well, uh, in in closing, um, you know, you've learned a lot of things already in your young 22 years. Um what is the biggest thing you could tell other people that are going through hard times? What would you tell them uh, to give them some comfort, you know, to, to make it a brighter future for them? Uh, Any suggestions you would, you would tell people that are listening to you now? Well, I would just, I don't know. I would, uh, I would say to have faith, but, it's it's like one of the biggest things to have, especially if you if you can't see the future or if you're not seeing any, if you if you feel like you're not making any progress. So faith plays a big role. Um, I, uh, you gotta try and motiv- motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because if you can't motivate yourself, then nobody else will, right? So you gotta try and start with you. And yeah, just. Don't give up. Um, uh, your time will come. If it, even if it's not now, then a few years later you'll be blessed. But if you're patient enough and pray, you know, and yeah, eventually whatever you're looking for will happen. But 
if you stray away from it, then uh, you might have a short benefit, but then you probably will go back in the same old mistake where you started from. So you have to stick with it. Yeah. When you learn these lessons, then strive to be better and help yourself. But but what do you think about who who's the biggest support system for you who, who have been the people around you that give you the greatest support and love that you would like to thank while you're on on air with me today well <laughs> there's uh, a few the people that I live with now um, I have way more privilege I, I get to do whatever I want but I don't abuse the privilege that I have um, my sponsor in Canada, her name is Miss Erin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the one that um, pushed me through junior college and took care of me during that time. And then uh, Miss Jennifer, is her name, she's in uh, North Car- South Carolina. And she's the one that's currently um, doing this fundraising um, platform so we can have some money to start college. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is the best way to support you in your college endeavor? Um, what is the, is there a GoFundMe account or something like that that, yeah. that, that helps you? Yes. That I can mention. Um, uh, my friend has it. The, okay. The ones that I'm staying with in Utah. Yeah. And so um, whenever people ask, I just take them to him and he kind of, sh- he, he shares the link with them. Great. Yeah. You know, what we'll do is um, in the social media post uh, of your recording, then in your profile, I'll put that connection that people, when they hear your story and listen to your, to your message, they can see that um, account, and uh, perhaps there might be some people out there that can uh, help you along your journey. And so, um, I think your journey is amazing. I think you're just a great young man. You have a big smile, and uh, you, <laughs> despite going through, you know, challenging times, it looks like uh, you have a bright future ahead of you because you've you've got grit you've got this determination to do better things and then take care of the people along the way so you know i admire you for what you're doing you're you're a good man and i wish you the very best um thanks for for taking the time of reflection and letting us uh, share in your experience and becoming a part of your journey ultimately impacts ours for so thank you so much for being on the show today no problem <laughs> <laughs> take care of yourself sir